You're listening to Matt Walsh On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. can't do it guys i don't even know i don't know what to say anymore i don't know what to say anymore i just can't even i can't even guys i used to hate that expression i still do because it's a really stupid expression but i kind of understand it because there are times when it's just there's nothing i i I don't even i can't finish the sentence because i'm so flustered and just flabbergasted and frustrated and so i can't even and you say you can't even what everything i can't even everything that's all. That's all. Everything. I, I don't know what to say anymore. I don't know what to say. If, if you don't care about truth, if you really just don't care about truth at all, if you don't care about it, then what can I say to you? What is there to say? How can we communicate? How can we function? How can we function together as, as a society if so many of us simply don't care about the truth, about the reality? Because we live, we live in a post-truth society, I think. That's, that's what we have to call it, a post-truth society. A post-truth society is a, is a society where many of us have decided that truth is completely irrelevant, that reality is subject to desire, that lies are not lies if you want them to be true. That's all. You could say whatever you want, tell any lie, and it doesn't count as a lie as long as you want it to be true. And, uh, and that's where we live, essentially as a, a society populated by overgrown children, by big, fat, hairy, uh, old children. And this is a feature of children. You know, that's why I say children, because my, my kids, three years old, uh, this is how they are. They, they will insist often that things are true because they want them to be true. And they think that wanting something to be true is the same as it actually being true. So, for instance, just the other day, my daughter came rushing into the room and announced that she was going to get ice cream. She came in and she said, Daddy, Daddy, we're going to get ice cream. We're getting ice cream, Daddy. Isn't that fun? We're getting ice cream. And this was like five minutes before they were supposed to go to bed. So I was a little shocked. I said, is that what Mommy told you? Mommy's going to take you to get ice cream? Is that what she said? Yes. Yes, Daddy, we're getting ice cream. And so I went to my wife and I asked her, you know, I said, did you say that you're taking the kids to get ice cream? Why did you say that? That's we're putting them, we're putting them down to bed in five minutes. And she said, no, I didn't say that. I I never said that. I never said anything about ice cream. The words ice cream did not come from my lips today at all. We, We never talked about ice cream. So Julia had just invented in her head and became very excited about and very confident about this fantasy that she made up. She was apparently just sitting there and she thought to herself, I would love to get ice cream. It would be great if mommy took me to get ice cream. That's what I would really like to have happen right now. That's what she thought in her three-year-old brain. And it, it makes sense. I mean, I, I get it. It's a very lo- That's certainly a logical thing. Who wouldn't want to get ice cream, right? So that's what she thought. But as soon as she thought it, as soon as the desire popped up in her head, it immediately became fact. It became an external reality. 
the fact that she wanted my wife to get her ice cream meant that mommy was getting her ice cream. And that's the way, that's the way her three-year-old brain works. And that's okay. It's okay for Julia, my daughter, to have a three-year-old brain because, well, she's three years old. And so it makes sense. You know, it's, it's very, it, w- it would be very strange if she, didn't have, if she had a you know, 50-year-old brain and she's three. It's good that she has a three-year-old brain because she is three. And three-year-olds really don't know the difference between fantasy and reality. That's what, that's what makes them three years old. That's one of the enchanting and very um, adorable features of a three-year-old. And it's also why they can't lie. You can never say there are no, th- even though there are three-year-olds who say things that aren't true all the time. I mean, all three-year-olds are constantly saying things that aren't true. Practically nothing that Julia says is actually true, but she's, she's not lying. Three-year-olds don't lie because three-year-olds can't make a conscious decision to deceive because they don't understand the distinction between truth and reality and, or, or truth and fiction. They really believe in their innocent little heads that the very fact of saying something makes it true. Or really, the fact of thinking it makes it true. And with three-year-olds, this is a very cute, precious thing. And you laugh about it, you pat them on the head, and you say, you know, maybe we'll get you ice cream tomorrow, honey. How about that? No ice cream today. Isn't that cute? Isn't that precious? Look at you, Julia, your precious, cute little girl. But it's not so cute with adults. With adults, it's not so cute. And when you're surrounded on all sides by adults like this, it's even less cute. It's, it's, it's really, it's not cute at all, actually. Because adults should know better. You're not three years old. You're not cute like my, like my three-year-old daughter, okay? You're a grown adult. And you should know better. You should understand truth from, from fiction, You should understand the distinction. You should care about the distinction because you're an adult for God's sake. But we happen to live in a culture overrun with, by people who act as though they don't know better. That's how they act. So let's go to the latest example because this one, I mean, this one is just, this one is, is, uh, it's just the worst, it's the worst one so far. Corinne Gaines. Maybe you've heard the name today. Maybe you will hear it. I don't know if this one will take hold to the degree that some of the other stories in this vein have. But as I record this, the top trending story on Twitter right now is the story of Corinne Gaines. And she was a young black woman, a mother, shot and killed by cops in a, in a town called Randallstown, Maryland yesterday. Now, I actually live, this is just an aside, but I live not far from Randallstown. Well, it's a bit of a hike for me now from, from where I live now, but I grew up about 12, 13 minutes away from Randallstown. Used to be a very nice area, a very Jewish area, a lot of nice old houses and uh, delis and, and everything else. But over the years, it became urbanized, and Baltimore City sort of bled into Randallstown. And as that happened, it became a dangerous area infested with drugs and crime and violence. Randallstown High School was notorious for being like, you know, you go to, into Randall, Randallstown High School during school hours, it's like walking into Beirut. It's just, it's notorious for that. The, the local mall there, Mondalman Mall, is just, you know, practically drug, practically drugs strewn throughout the parking lot. When you go there, it's just, it's just awful. It's just an awful area now. And uh, it's only gotten worse over time. And that's just, anyway, that's just a little bit of background. But Corinne Gaines was at home in Randallstown 
when police stormed in and uh, shot her. She was holding her son at the time, or she had her son nearby. And you hear that, and you think, oh, my goodness, they shot a woman? Those terrible police. They went in and they shot her. They, they murdered her because she's black. Those uh, terrible, murderous, racist police. And that's what you think. Well, you, you think that if you're a typical American buffoon. If you're the typical American buffoon who hears one sentence or two sentences about a situation and just fills in the rest with some elaborate fantasy that you've concocted in your head without even asking, without even asking for the rest of the story, you just hear those two sentences. All you need to know is that police are involved. The, the person that was shot is black. And that's, that's all you need to know. And you fill in the rest if you're a typical American buffoon. And when I say buffoon, I'm, I'm being very nice. That's, a, that's the nicest adjective I can use to describe the people who do this, the people who you know, construct narratives around stories like this. The nicest adjective I could use is buffoon or idiot, you know, fool, something like that. It's a very nice adjective because the, the not as nice adjectives that are probably more accurate would be liar. I, I, you know, I think it's better to be a buffoon than a liar. And actually, a lot of these people are just liars. But if you're honest and you're intelligent and you hear those two sentences that I just said, Corinne Gaines was at home, police came in and shot her, you hear that and you'll, you'll say, well, what's the rest of the story? Can you tell me what, what led to it? What happened? I mean, just give, give, hum me a few more bars so I can get the full context. And we don't know the entire story, I suppose, but we do know this. We know that police came in to serve an arrest warrant against Gaines and, and against another person, a male, uh, that was in the house. The guy was wanted for assault. Gaines was wanted for a host of violations, including disorderly conduct. The police came in. The man runs, leaving Gaines and the five-year-old there. So this is, just, this is obviously a winner of a man, right? A really, really courageous man here. Not only is he wanted for assault, but he runs and leaves uh, the woman and the child behind. So just a great, just a great guy. Great guy all around, this guy. Um, but anyway, cops come in. Guy runs. Corinne Gaines grabs a shotgun, a loaded shotgun, points it at the cops, says she's going to kill them. She has her son right there the whole time. Her son is right there. She instigates a violent standoff with the police, with her son right there. Now, a video has actually surfaced, a video uh, that Corinne Gaines took moments before the cops came in, and it's very disturbing. She's, she's brainwashing her child. I mean, you have to see this video. It's a very disturbing video. And, and, and the thing is, you've got some of the Black Lives Matter folks who are spreading this video around as if it, it's sympath- as if it paints Gaines in a sympathetic light. It doesn't. She's brainwashing her child telling her kid that the cops are coming to kill them. She's, she's got this very calm voice, and she's talking to her kid. As you can hear the cops outside, and she's saying, you know, the, what, are, what are the police doing outside? Why are the police coming? What do the police want to do? And the, cops, and, the, and the child says, to kill us? That's right. I mean, it's very, it's just this, this woman is just monstrous. It's a monstrous woman. So the cops come in. Gaines grabs the gun loaded gun, points it at them. And what proceeds is a several hour long standoff where the cops are trying to talk Gaines into surrendering peacefully, but she refuses. And she has her child there the whole time. She's, she's holding her child like a human shield, apparently, according to reports. Finally, after many hours, 
by the way, there's a, there's another video of police talking to Gaines, saying, "We're not here to kill you. We're your friends. You know, just drop the gun. Just come out." They're trying for hours, even though she has this gun. For hours, they're trying, putting their lives in the line. They're trying to end this thing peacefully. And but Gaines keeps talking to her kid. No, they're here to kill us. They're going to kill us. This, this woman is either a psychopath or she's a complete monster, one or the other, or, or you know, some combination of the two. But finally, after many hours, when she points the gun at the cops again, tells them she's going to kill them, they fire a shot. The shot does not kill her. I don't even know if it hits her. At this point, she could drop the gun. She has the warning shot. She could drop the gun, surrender peacefully for her own sake and for the sake of her child, but she doesn't do that. She starts shooting at the cops. She starts shooting her shotgun at the cops instead of surrendering, holding her child, shooting at the cops. And now, as a matter of self-defense, they return fire. She's killed. The child sustains an injury to the leg and will survive. That's what we know. So, to review, a woman chooses not to surrender peacefully to police. Instead, with her child in her arms... She loads a shotgun, instigates a standoff with them. Finally, she points it at them, says she's going to kill them. They fire one shot at her, a warning shot. She fires back at them. They fired her. She dies. So whose fault is that? Let's make a list. Let, let, let's list all of the people who can be blamed for, um, for this whole incident. Let's, ma- let's make a quick list. I got a pen and, a, a pen and paper here, and I'm going to write down a list of all the people who could be blamed for everything that happened, from, the, from the, you know, the police initially coming to the standoff to the fact that Corinne Gaines was killed. Let's make a list of all the people who can, who can be uh, blamed for this. Okay, number one on the list, Corinne Gaines. Number two, Corinne Gaines. Number three, Corinne Gaines. Number four, Corinne Gaines. Number five, Corinne Gaines. All the way down. She's the only one to blame. Every step of the way, she did everything she could to make sure that this ended violently and that, in fact, her child was harmed, if not killed in the process. And yet, and yet, what happens? Well, we know what happens. She's turned into a martyr. This woman, this woman of all women, a martyr. And so now she's trending on Twitter. And they've got their stupid little slogans, you know, hashtag Corinne Gaines, hashtag say her name, say her name. She was a mother and she was killed. Say her name. That's what they're all saying. There's, there's always some stupid slogan attached to these things. And this time it's say her name for whatever reason. It just it doesn't mean anything, but that's just there's always has to be there always has to be a slogan. Here are some of the comments, just if you go on Twitter right now, here's some of the comments that uh, leftists and the BLM folks are saying. Uh, One says, this Corinne Gaines murder has really hit home for me, man. Really hit home. A murder. She was murdered. She was shot in self-defense. She was trying to kill cops, and she was killed, and that's murder? We're calling that a homicide now? Another says, a five-year-old baby in his footy pajamas, now motherless. Corinne Gaines, regardless of who, what, where, or why, this needs to stop. What needs to stop? People shooting at cops? Yeah, you're right. That does need to stop. 
But I don't, I don't think that's what you're talking about here. I don't, I don't think this is what this, what this person on Twitter is talking about. Yeah, people need to stop shooting at cops. That does need to stop. But what, cops shooting back in self-defense, that needs to stop? What are they, are they supposed to actually just drop their guns, get on, the, get on their knees and allow themselves to be killed so that their blood can serve as a sacrifice and assuage the, uh, the, the, you know, the injustices perpetrated by the white man against, against blacks? Is that really what, I, I, that's actually what black lives, that's what they want. That's what they're saying. What they're actually saying is that there is never a circumstance where a, a police officer should shoot a black person. Never. Under, it should never, ever happen, no matter what. It doesn't matter if there's a black person going into a crowd, shooting indiscriminately. They still have a right to do it and not be killed in the process. That's what we're being told. There is never... These... And I keep wanting to call them idiots just out of anger. But the reason I stop myself is because, I, again, it lets them off the hook. Because they know better. I mean, the people who take Corinne Gaines and make her into a martyr, these are just, they, they, they are, this is evil. What they're doing is evil. It's just evil. To take a woman like this and, and words do not describe it. Another person on Twitter says, let's say for the sake of argument that Corinne Gaines did have a shotgun. Wouldn't that mean she was exercising her Second Amendment right? Her Second Amendment right. Do you realize that liberals... The only time they believe in the Second Amendment is when a black person is shooting at cops. That's the only time they believe in it. Other than that, they're not fans. It's like the exact opposite of, of conservatives. Because conservatives would say, you have the right to bear arms uh, up until the point when you're shooting at innocent people, at which point you, know, you, you lose that right. But liberals, they flip that on its head and they say, you don't have the right to, to bear arms unless you're going to use your gun to shoot at cops and if you're black. In which case, it's fine. Another says, this was another senseless murder by the hands of the justice system. Uh, another says, there's no way that Corinne Gaines and her son should have been shot. Anyway, I can't even read these. I, can't, I just can't. I can't continue. I cannot read these. I don't need to. You can see it for yourself. It's a, po- it's a post-truth society. That's why I call it post-sanity. Look, if you're going to make a martyr out of this woman, this woman of all people, if you're going to tell me that a woman who points a gun at cops is innocent and that she didn't deserve to die and whatever else, then we're done. We can't talk to each other. I cannot talk to you. There's nothing to be said. What we, we can't, you're living in another universe. Someone told me today, uh, just a moment ago, that Gaines, quote, did nothing wrong. Did nothing wrong. Did nothing wrong. Shooting at cops is nothing wrong now. Having an armed standoff with cops while your kid is right there, endangering your kid's life is nothing wrong. Trying to kill cops is nothing wrong. That's what we're told. I mean, what else is there to say? The people incorporating Miss Gaines into the Black Lives Matter narrative are people who have utterly detached themselves from reality. They're floating out there now, floating in the ether, floating in space, in the vacuum of their own delusions. And, and no truth, no light, no sound can penetrate. So what can be done? What can we talk about? What is there to talk about? You know, it's really no wonder that our candidates this year are Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. I mean, two of the biggest liars to ever run for president. And they're our nominees, both parties. Of course, in a, in a post-truth society, we would nominate two pathological liars. It makes a lot of sense because they really do represent us. Or they represent at least 
a good portion of us. They certainly represent Black Lives Matter and the leftists who propagate this narrative. So I could sit here and keep explaining. I could, I could, I could try to explain to you why uh, you shouldn't shoot at cops, why you shouldn't point guns at cops and shoot at them, why you shouldn't instigate violent standoffs with cops while your kid's sitting right there, why you shouldn't grab your child with a, with a loaded shotgun and start shooting at cops. I could try to explain that to you, explain it. But, but what's the point? Because either you're a normal, intelligent, honest, rational, sane human adult, and you don't need it explained because you already know, or you are just an absolute foolish, lying, emotionally manipulative propagandist who has sworn off the truth and any semblance of it. And if you're someone like that, then it, it doesn't, then what can I appeal to? All I'm doing is communicating the reality to you, but you've already said, I don't care about the reality. The reality is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. And so I'm left saying, well, okay, then I guess we're going to go our separate ways. There's, there's nothing else to be said. It's one of those things where if you have to explain it, then you might as well not explain it because the people who need it explained have chosen, have willfully chosen to forfeit their sanity for the sake of whatever narrative they bought into. And if that's the case, then, you know, there's no, the reality won't penetrate. It won't matter to them. All we can really do, I guess, is pray for them, pray for their souls, pray for them. Because what they need is a miraculous intervention. They, they need God to come into their hearts and stir within them an actual hunger and desire for truth. Because right now they don't have it. And, um, and as long as they don't have it, there's not a lot that we mere mortals can do or say. So I guess I should just leave it there. All right. I'll talk to you guys next time. Our Cruce Salus. Godspeed.